0: everyone welcome back to our podcast edition this is cc and this is claire and this is our headline news episode of november 22nd 2020 i'm just gonna say this real quick i think this edition is quite crazy it really is Yeah. Um, so it, our <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of many episodes of movies like i mean tv shows like criminal minds or like Blacklist, insane. So maybe you'll have as much fun as I did organizing this. So yeah, (laughs) let's get started. So the first story that we have is after ensuing violence, Dutch police ask public to stop quote pedo hunting, end quote. In the eastern city of Arnhem, a group of teenagers met their seventy-three-year-old former teacher, trying to expose him as a pedophile. However, during the process, the encounter turned violent and ended in fatal assaults. Eight of the involved teens have been arrested for the former teacher's death, while seven remain suspects. Two minors are in custody at the moment. According to a spokeswoman for the prosecutor's office, the 73 year old had no history of sexually abusing minors. There has actually been a rising number of similar encounters where vigilantes who call themselves, quote, pedo hunters, end quote, have tried to expose suspected citizens of pedophilia. In the past few years, Several online groups have emerged for the purpose of rooting out suspected pedophiles. These online groups and accounts have massive followings, but now supporters have advanced to in-person encounters, which is where the problems began to happen. A sociology professor at the University of Western Ontario, Laura Hui, says that joining large groups can lead to a phenomenon called groupthink, and that the free time stemming from COVID has allowed these extreme behaviors to become a trend. She also says that the vigilantes are motivated because they think police are doing an insufficient job and or because of their desire to play detective. Hoy explains that, quote, a sense of moral superiority allows one to justify a lot of behavior that is egregious, end quote. Dutch police and prosecutors are now worried that more of these encounters may turn violent. Authorities have begun telling the public to stop trying to take matters into their own hands. Simon Clogg, a police spokesman, said that these incidents are not helping them and are actually taking up police resources. Additionally, Ferdinand Grapperhaus, the justice minister, asked citizens to just contact the authorities and properly report any suspected incidents of sexual abuse or abuse in general. Wow. um, There are a lot of uh, nuance part of this. Because, one, it reminds me of all the criminal mine's episodes that I watched where there's like some sort of vigilante criminal who's like killing other people because that person like like I don't remember what episode but there was this girl who was like no, th- there was a man that was killing off all the like people he met in prison who were uh there for like domestic abuse, sexual assault, right? Holy it was man. insane. I mean a lot of in general, a lot of the violence does happen for a purpose, right? These murderers have some sort of goal in mind. Crazy, yeah. that is. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't... On pedo hunters, hand, but that's the first time yeah, I've heard of that. Same. On one hand, I mean, obviously, pedophilia is a horrible thing. Um, horrible, horrible, horrible. I, and also, like, yeah. yes, sometimes, like, I mean, more in America... Is that like if you report it to the police, there's
1: nothing a happens. significant
0: chance that nothing will happen. So I wouldn't be surprised that like the seventy three year old had no history of sexually abusing minors because yeah. a lot of this, especially minors, it's a lot of it is hidden. Because I doubt if he did, he wouldn't be a teacher. Yeah, exactly. Plus, once again, there's a whole thing where nothing happens, if, even if it gets reported. Plus, In people, the people Netherlands are too scared too. People are too scared to report anyway. So, yeah. yeah. Also the groupthink. Claire, does that remind oh you goodness. of something? So it's very it's kinda of similar to our mock trial case this year where I think on the prosecution side the expert witness is trying to argue that the defendant was the basis of groupthink. So, yeah, I'm on... Claire's on defense. I'm, I'm defense. on So, we're part of a mock our school mock trial team, and I'm on the d- prosecution side. So, our side is trying to argue that the um, victim is just... Was a victim. <laughs> of, <laughs> one of the witnesses was a victim of groupthink, right? Yeah, and so they, basically, I think it was the defendant, who's Lee Crotty, yeah, um, who she kind of spurred on what the victim did, which is basically assault a federal agent and steal yeah. documents by breaking into her house. Cecilia happens to be that official. <laughs> <laughs> Whose house got broken into and punched in the face. By a deranged yeah. fan. I mean, the, the all this, like, when we hear our... The expert witness on my side talk about group thing, it's basically the same thing, right? Like, these people are... They feel that there's some greater purpose, right, mm-hmm. a moral, like, because they're let in on the secret, right, and they're here to, you know, make sure that secret, they're try- doing something for a greater purpose, it makes them feel like whatever they, harm they may do, it's f- fine. Or like a greater cause or something like that. Yeah, I mean, the one, like, that person, the, Remy, which is the person that came into my house, broken to, like, steal stuff about aliens, <laughs> um, <laughs> After that, um, she punched me. She said in the witness statement, she said like I had to do it for the people. There's like yeah something um, about oh I had to do it for for the, the people. I didn't want like to that. do it, but like I had to do it for the people. This kind of just shows that it's that type of like group behavior, right? It's yeah. okay because you're like I feel like you're protected within a group it's not your individual consequences do not reach you and i mean all this kind of relates to like people in general (laughs) i'm on the other side and i'm trying to argue that the karate did not cause anything so yeah because i mean lots of people one example of group thing that i can think of that may be a little more concerning even more concerning is like they're a group of NASA astronauts. Oh, that one, yeah. Right. Um, where... I think it was a Challenger? Yeah, I'm not... I don't remember what it is, but they were trying to build a spaceship, and something was wrong with it, but... but then due to pressure... Pressure, from people around yeah, them, and the group to, itself, yeah. no one said anything. So they decided to launch it anyway, and, and people died. Yeah. And, you Everyone know... Everyone on board died. Yeah, these people are, like, mm-hmm. very, very highly educated you would think very logical people but groupthink happens to everyone and oh my gosh this COVID thing I I think the fact that you brought it up and um this professor brought it up is really true I mean like think about the QAnon conspiracy right yeah yeah, yeah. honestly I didn't think that the whole groupthink thing would apply to this situation and I was like oh my god yeah, it too. all makes sense now so I was like, this didn't really happen in the past. Why is this all happening now? Yep. Like, sure, several years, but no fatal encounters ever happened. So. This, I think this uh, event is just, like, a insightful look into, like, the differences between, like, what, there was an SAT. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I'm thinking of an SAT practice test where Abraham Lincoln was, like, talking about mob rule while another person was talking about, like, hey, like, do what you want. Like, you should just fight for the greater purpose, right? Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, this goes to show, like, I mean, obviously pedophilia is bad and these things shouldn't happen, right? But what's, like... I guess it. you can tell how fragile society hangs on, like, a single thread, right? Mm-hmm. What's to stop these people from escalating violence, right? When it should be, but, but if it did, right? If these people did what they wanted to do in those group chats, oh my gosh, we would, like, be living in anarchy or yeah, something. Exactly. So, like, there's obviously a line that you need to draw with these people. I mean, go ahead, talk about what you want, free speech, right? But as soon as these things start escalating too far, then we get to put a stop to it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a balance of um, government versus mob f- rule, I guess. I, it's like structure versus chaos, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. always have, I mean, basically freedom game. versus protection. Mm-hmm. Have an equal balance. Talk about counterproductivity, though. <laughs> <laughs> and actually spoke out and was like, hey, you know, you're not really helping us. You're actually costing us a lot more than yeah. you think. So stop it, please. Yeah, but at the same time, like how... I mean, during the summer, past summer, you see... Is the police... I mean, obviously, this is not America. <laughs> yeah, <the laughs> This is in the Netherlands, so it could be different. Yeah. But, I mean, it's so hard. I feel like... Oh, remember our letter to the podcast with Louis, right? Everything's so... You don't know. Like, is this truth? Is this not? Exactly. So. How do I know what they're discern, saying like, is what's right? Fake, right? And what's right, And that brings us to another story when, you know, you don't have the physical evidence. And nowadays, everything could be doctored. But that does bring us to our second story about Kyle Rittenhouse, who was freed from jail after attorneys posted a $2 million bail Um, This past Friday afternoon, Rittenhouse was freed from jail in Wisconsin as he awaits trial for fatally shooting two men and wounding a third person during protests in Kenosha. Family members and the lawyers of the two men clearly opposed the bail, uh, instead asking for a higher one, but Rittenhouse's attorneys proceeded to post the bail nonetheless. The bail, keep in mind it's $2 million, was paid for by donations, which his attorneys... Received and retrieved the attorneys acquired the funds by appealing to the political right where Rittenhouse is popular So this guy spent the last 2.5 months in custody on murder charge In addition to other charges um, The whole thing happened when um, in protests on August 25th Following officer Rustin Shesky's shooting of Jacob Blake Rittenhouse shot three men um, Rittenhouse's lawyers have argued that this was in self defense because Rittenhouse was actually protecting a business and so he was attacked by these three men and shot to defend himself. It is unclear where Rittenhouse will be residing until trial. Um, he did previously live with his mother, but she moved to an unknown location after the shooting and the next trial, which is on bail for is december 3rd mm. i don't quite understand why it's self-defense who is I mean, I an get, ar-15 rifle i get it's in a, front of a shop front i just um murder is still murder my friend i'm just gonna say it exactly and it's not like okay i feel like people will say like oh you know how like people who like domestic abuse right sometimes they in self defense do kill someone, but there's like a power dynamic, a different power dynamic, right? Um, I <laughs> one funny thing that we noted and we found was that one of the um, oh. donations came from the C Mike Lindell, and if you don't know, he's the CEO of a company called My Pillow, which lo and behold sells pillows whoa um this guy is actually a pretty good friend of our president donald trump he was in the news the same day because of a failed election affidavit filed in on behalf of trump who reportedly confused and he reportedly confused the postal code for michigan with that of minnesota how do these people become CEOs? I don't, I don't know. understand. <laughs> so it was like the whole thing with voting fraud and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I know some of the attorneys were also trying to get Biden off of the presidency or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Also, let's not forget that this guy faces multiple charges other than mur- murder, which is like reckless endangerment. And being a minor in possession of a firearm, which is illegal in that state... So so, why is it? Why is the bail only two million dollars? I mean, I think yeah. earlier it was like. Well, I think the prosecutors actually Want, like, asked for it mil- to be two million, but then the, the lawyers pro- wanted the, like seven hundred fifty. Yeah, 000. something like that. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like some lower value. Obviously, this whole case has like politics involved. Whoa! No way. Like, look, I don't, the bail was paid by donations from. The political, like, people, I guess, from the political political right. right. Where House is popular. It's a little odd when a murderer is popular, and that murderer is just, it's just not the same, I feel like. I mean, self-defense, I feel like that's a very iffy. I think that's kind of a slightly more unreasonable argument. Yeah, and also, like, this guy, this child, sorry, this child, Caden. To the state with a gun in possession and his friend who provided oh, yeah, him with yeah, that yeah. gun yeah. is also charged with um, i don't remember what he's charged with 80 80 but the... same something like yeah that. something aiding and abetting or something but you're yeah, definitely charged yeah i mean i don't have much to say for this except who carries around an ar-15 rifle in front of a shop front i'm sorry that's not like just to me in my opinion that's not self-defense i mean like this whole thing especially since this was a black lives matter protest becomes has made it a very very political case and also very controversial Uh, yeah very controversial and i mean with all the conceptions around The protest with, like, looting, you know, business. I mean, he himself argues, or the lawyers argue, that, like, he was protecting a business and he, these three men, came to attack him. I feel like a lot is, like, what really happened. It's so unsure. I mean, if it wasn't, right, there wouldn't be a trial. (laughs) Or the trial would have gone away really quickly. But, I mean, like, we've all... Hopefully, I don't know if you guys have seen the video, but he is being chased by a whole bunch of people. He's still holding an AR-15, um, but yeah. he's being chased and, like, kind of run after, and they kind of attack him. I mean, so this is not a story. <laughs> this headline is not about what actually happened, but kind of the aftermaths. I feel like murder is still murder, you know? Yeah, he shouldn't be free. I don't think he should like walk free, yeah. Unless I mean there are. I some, mean there is like another hearing, right? Yeah, I mean, so, ar- obviously arguing self defense. Uh, I feel like this is. It can a go lot both ways. That's more basically yeah. what we're I mean, in say, general, yeah. this is a very complicated issue. But yeah. if that is a complicated issue, wait till you hear the next oh, story, like, which is kind of even. A bit of a crazy one, I think. The craziest out of all three. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Insane, complicated. Go on, Claire. So our third news story is about a pharmacist and a drug dealer. And they were arrested because of plotting to firebomb a rival pharmacy. So from August 2019 to April 2020... Pharmacist Hiram T. Wilson dispatched more than 19,000 doses of prescribed drugs from Hiram's family Valley Pharmacy to a dark web drug dealer, William Anderson Bergamy IV. Of course, Wilson's distributor capped Wilson's quantity of medication he could send, so Bergamy and Wilson decided to hatch a plan which was dubbed Operation Firewood. And this is how Operation Firewood would have gone. Wilson and Bergamy would raid a rival pharmacy and scoop a giant stash of medication for them to sell. Then they would firebomb the pharmacy. And then in turn, they would just like make millions off of it, I guess. So on Friday, November 20th, Bergamy was sentenced to 14 years in jail while Watson was sentenced to nine. In December, the FBI, US Postal Inspection Service, FDA and Drug Enforcement Administration began investing Bergamy's website which is called, by no means pressed Rx. (laughs) This is a part of a bigger investigation of trafficking in the dark web. Starting in January, investigators acquired nine undercover purchases of Adderall and oxycodone and surveillance was soon carried out on Burgamy when he delivered the purchases. On April 9th, federal legislation enforcement arrested Burgamy and then raided his home. Authorities found eight firearms, two ar-15 assault rifles and quote thousands of prescription opioid pills end quote according to the courtroom's paperwork on the same day a search was warranted on Wilson's home pharmacy and he was arrested a week later that wow um i don't know what else you can call insane but that is insane when i first heard the story i was like wait did a pharmacist and a drug dealer really team up for this I mean, granted, the drug dealer did make like over a million bucks off of this. Yeah. Uh, wow. And I think he paid the pharmacist through Bitcoin and wire transfers and bundles of cash, that were dis- that was dispatched by mail. So. Yeah. I mean, after I'm sure after hearing this story, you guys are a little conf- confusion, if I may. You know the meme? Are you talking about the Vine? Oh, yeah, the Vine. Like, the, like I am confusion. <laughs> America, explain. America, explain what is going on. What do you mean, Arkansas? You know, I mean, this story, people need to explain what the heck is going yeah. on, too. You know? Um, I mean, good plan, I guess. I don't know By what to no say. By no means pressed Rx. <laughs> funny. Funny, funny. If the plan was successful, I don't know how they would have gotten away with it. I mean, yeah. did they really think this through? I think they also like put all the details in a leather-bound notebook. So So these people aren't really I don't know. Um <laughs> not well planned, I don't think. This was not well planned nor was it well hidden. So I don't know. I feel like they're just bound to get caught. <laughs> yeah. This sounds, like we said in the beginning, this whole, the this story sounds like it came straight out of a, a movie. It's a movie plot. <laughs> this could be a movie. You're correct. You know, like, you know how in Good Girls they raid a bank, right? To help with their financial issues. This is, this is like, Good Girls, if Good Girls um, was combined with like, Breaking Bad, yeah. is what this sounds like. <laughs> you guys have Dude, watched i would totally watch i would totally watch that oh my goodness and then the two people are like you know um the the you know the two movie characters it was like they were like spanish dudes and they traveled to um like south america central america and they went to the city and they were thought to be gods they're trying to find the city of Gold. El Dorado. El Dorado, yeah. I but don't, then oh, the, I remember. the two the two main uh male leads are just basically um They're like scamming their way through basically. Everything for, which sounds I like Burgamy and so uh, much. Wilson. It was so funny. I wanna watch it again. Like yeah. real soon. Wait, why did these people start far, I mean Family Value this sounds so nice. Hiram's Family Value Pharmacy. I don't know. Wow. That sounds so nice. Where did also William Anderson Burgamy the fourth? What kind of dark web drug dealer with um some sort of noble ancestry are you? <laughs> also fourteen years and nine years, I guess. Girl, don't judge his name. Okay. I'm not gonna judge his name. <laughs> But, I mean, 14 years and 9 years, I feel like this is a very big deal, but yet they go so little, and yet, like, people just found with marijuana in their exactly. car like, are sentenced to more years. That's a little iffy. Yeah, literally, Brighamie had, like, firearms and everything, and opioids, and he was a drug dealer, part of the dark web, so, I don't know, doesn't seem that fair to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, drug dealing, it's, uh, America is, like, the number one consumer of drugs. <laughs> I mean, am, am I wrong? <laughs> I this
1: like, is high demand. Yeah,
0: and the dark web. I mean, as, like, I mean, I feel like this is what we learned in, like, what health, like, as people put more restrictions on, like, like, this is why the, it's basically the opioid crisis mm-hmm. role, too, you know? Yeah. like, people would, like, once you try to, you introduce it to the public, the public wants it, then you put a cap on it, right? And or something. People some obviously want it. People more. are like, ah, oh, what are you doing to me? <laughs> and then, and then, so they turn to the dark web, and that's, like, basically how, like, everything goes. Like, you have, like, alcohol, the prohibition, and then you have the rise right. of, like, the, the gangs, yeah. like, the mafia, not the gangs, the <laughs> mafia. <laughs> and then you have, like, guns, too. Right no, Illegal right. gun trade right now, yeah, I guess it depends on how you exactly enact this, right, so I mean, if you do it well, then I guess go ahead, but obviously, America is not the case, and we see these issues rising every year, so yeah, yeah, well, those are the three uh pretty unconventional and definitely unorthodox stories of the week but before we leave you we have our sunday snip into the past so on november 22nd 1963 president john F. kennedy is assassinated also not a very fun story but definitely historically memorable so our 35th president of the united states was assassinated while traveling through dallas texas in an open top convertible and that is why you no longer see any public figures drive a public political figures drive on top of an open car convertible convertible anyway thank you so much for listening have a good sunday